Let us pray. Our precious Father, we want to thank you again for the privilege we have and opportunity we have here to study your word, to hear from your word. We look up to you to teach us by your spirit and we pray that you cause your word to have entrance into every hearer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we're going to look at something very important in the course of our looking at our salvation. Our salvation. We're going to look at our new nature. We are partakers of the divine nature. Partakers of the divine nature. That's what we're going to look at today. And at the end of this teaching, we're going to have a short time of prayer because today is National Day of Prayer. Our head of ministry in prayer will lead us in about 10 minutes of praying for the nation, praying for Ukraine and Russia. Uh, that's what we do because today is National Day of Prayer in the whole of America. So we're talking about partakers of the divine nature. Our identity, living our brand. I love that because uh, that was what Pastor Victor told us, that we should live our brand. Since he said that, he's talking my spirit, that that is true. Our brand is the life of Jesus. That's our brand. So this subject is a very, very important. It's very important to the Christian to be able to live the new life he has not just for his conduct. Because sometimes we just focus on conduct, we forget about victories over sickness, over poverty, over other things. Not just his conduct to conform to the new life, but also to live in all the privileges of the new life. In the authority conferred on us to be able to overcome and to force demonic powers to be subject to us in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to be able to stand our grounds as regards what our blessings are, the full range of all the benefits of the new life, the sonship privileges, and not live below any of our privileges in Christ. You must be familiar and grounded in your identity for these things to happen. There's a saying from where I came they say, if you don't know your father's compound, they will carry you past it to a strange place because you don't know your father's compound, you don't know who you are. So we must be grounded in our identity. This is some of the things we say all the time, but not many people really, really, when the tire meets the road, remember to stand and know that what is being challenged is their, is their rights in Christ. What is being challenged is the identity that gives them the right to what Christ paid for them to have. That's basically what is being challenged, whether it's a self challenge, financial challenge, or the flesh, sinful challenge. What is being challenged is who you are and what belongs to you that the enemy wants to steal from you. So if you don't know that who you are, you won't know that these things are mine, and you won't fight for them. So you know, words are very cheap. <clears throat> you know, sometimes I think, about the songs we sing, wonderful songs. Remember this one that says, I'm living in power, living in miracle. I'm a child, I'm a child of favor. I know who I am. Really? Let it not just be song, church song. 
Because this is what the enemy challenges all the time. Remember the story I told you about how the devil came to me. And that's a real story. I'm not, I wasn't dreaming. I mean, my eyes were open. And bent over me. That was the village. And he's done this twice. Did what in Lagos and came and repeated that. And I stood my ground by the grace of God. And I told the devil who I was in Christ. I told him exactly who I am. And I told him the authority I have. And I used it. The thing just got off. You know, but some people will fidget and be afraid. And oh my God. Oh my God. The whole thing they went for is point. So that's why it's important for you to know this thing. That when things challenge your identity that gives you the legal right to what they are stealing from you. You stand and say, no, this is my boundary. Are you kidding me? This belongs to me because I'm a child of God. Now, the Lord Jesus told us why some of his children, some of us Christians, do not produce the reality of the word of God in any area including this one. He said there are basically four types of people in church. One is the one who doesn't understand anything you are teaching. They don't have interest in understanding it at all. They, they just have no interest. Then there is another one, he says, uh, they receive it, they're very excited, they're emotional people. You know, they get excited, you say, God, oh, yeah, praise the Lord, yeah. Pastor, preach it. So they receive it with joy, which is good. But it doesn't go deep. They don't meditate on it. They don't pray for revelation. As soon as they leave the church, they forget forget everything. And then he says, such people also will not be able to produce the fruit. And he said, there are other people who are church goers. Their problem is that they, they love money too much. Oh boy, they love money. They love wealth. They love. So they pursue money at the expense of pursuing the riches of God. And so in Matthew 13, 18, now let's listen to our Lord Jesus Christ. Talk to us. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. Verse 19, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. So there's a group of people, even whenever we are preaching, they don't know what they're talking about. It's either they're not really born again or they don't have interest. Because if you have interest and you want to know, God will teach you. So they don't understand it. Then the evil one comes, snatches away the seed that was planted in their heart. So nothing comes out of all that preaching. Their life remains the same. The confusion remains the same. In verse 20. This is the group, second group. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. Man, they say that someone was awesome. Man, it was powerful. Wow. Verse 21. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. Brother, you know, for, for a seed to grow and have roots, you have to water it. You have to walk on it. You have to weed it. But they don't do that. They don't meditate on it for it to go down. They don't pray over it. It's just emotional, mental thing. And then, 
<clears throat> it says something very, very interesting here. It says, but since they don't have roots, they don't last long, they fall away as soon as they have problems. As soon as they have problems, they don't even, they don't even remember the word of God. They are looking for all manner of ready cluster. And uh, the ones that are vulnerable to all manner of stuff that is being thrown out there by the devil. And uh, or they are persecuted for believing God's word. They drop it like hot potato. Verse 22. The seed that fell among the thongs represent those who hear God's word, but all too quickly. The message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. Oh, they told me they're thinking, can we finish? I'm going, I need to go to work. They've come back from work, or they want to go back to work. They don't have time for the thing that matters most in their life. Jesus said, if you are not rich towards God, you are a fool. Because a fool is the one that says, there's no God. I don't need God. I have money. I'm making tons of dollars. Are you kidding me? You go to church just to fulfill our righteousness, you know, just to. You know, the Bible says a man cannot mock God. A man cannot mock God. So there's a group like this. All they're interested is in money. So the, Bible, the Lord Jesus says it this way. He said, the seed that fell among the tongues represent those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. Then the third group is the seed that fell on good soil, represent those who truly hear. They come to church, they want to hear. They are attentive. It's important to them. Their mind is not roaming all over the place. So they want to hear and understand God's word. They want to hear it. They want to understand it. The first group, they don't want to understand it, so it doesn't make any sense to them. The other one, they hear it, get emotional. Their response is emotional response. But after the parking lot, that's it. Then these other ones are too, they're in a hurry. They don't read their Bible. They don't, they do whatever they tell them to do. Do this one, 12 midnight, this one, 6 a.m. They just do that and think that will save them. And they don't know the truth. And it is the truth that you know that will set you free. And they think that rituals will set them free. It's your life. Live it the way you want it. So this good ground truly hears and understands God's word and then produces a harvest. And let's say upfront that the devil is interested in confusing our identity. He invests in it so much. And so it must be important for us to make sure that we know and understand and, and, and insist on our identity. If he's so interested in it, it must be something important that he wants to steal from you. And so let's look at scripture. In Matthew 4, the temptation of Jesus, primarily about his identity. If it's not important, why was it the first thing the devil came after? If he did it in Jesus, who tried it on all of us? 
And it's not a once and for all trial. In Matthew 4, verse 1. Then was Jesus laid up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter was come to him, he said, If thou be the son of God. Amen. Why is it important to him? Why is it something he thinks is the first thing I need to do? If thou be the son of God. For all the things he could tempt him with. He didn't tempt him with women, tempt him with them. If thou be the son of God. Command that these stones be made bread. Prove it. But he answered and said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. What Jesus is telling him is that the scripture has said it. I don't have to prove anything. The scripture has said it. I go by what the scripture says. I am he. I don't, I don't need to make bread anything. I live by every word that God has spoken through the prophets. The, the scriptures were about me. Okay? That's what he was essentially telling him. Then the devil take him, I mean, the, the verse um, 3. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made by bread. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Then the devil take him up into the city, into the holy city, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, He's not giving up on this one. <laughs> he's not giving up on this one, man. He, he, he's going after it. If this is important to him this much, church, if this is important to him this much, we should think. If that be the Son of God, cast thyself down. Prove it. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up. Of course, he misquoted the scripture anyway. Bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy feet against this stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. What God has written is written. You don't go to tempt God by trying to is it true? Is it not true? Is it true? Let me find out whether God is fake or true. So you don't tempt God. So when Israel couldn't believe God, God said, they, tempt, they, they tempted me in the wilderness. They tempted me. You don't tempt God. He said, let me try God and see whether what he said is true. Let me go and see. So let me jump down to see. If what he said is true. Then I said, prove it. This one he said, tempt God. See what our God still is true. And Jesus said, you don't do that. If God said it, that's true. It's true. Now.
even on the cross, he wasn't still done. He went after his identity all the way down to the last days of his life, physical life here on earth. The devil was still mocking his identity. Trying, he went after it. Matthew 27, 40, and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself if thou be the Son of God. If, in verse, in verse 40, if thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. The same thing, if thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Verse 41, likewise also the chief priest mocked him with the scribes and elders, saying, he saved others, himself he cannot save, if he be the king of Israel. Remember Jesus was born king. If he be the king of Israel, let him come down from the cross. I will believe him. They will believe him. We should, we should, we should shine your eye, open your eye, and see what, why is it important to settle? And we don't think in this direction. Luke 23, 39. And one of the manufacturers which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. Identity, if thou be, if thou be. You know that was how he confused Adam and Eve. That's with the one single attack on Adam and Eve, and they fell like pack of cat. The same identity. Let's read Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him. Male and female created him. He created them in his own image. So they are like God already. Now here comes the devil. Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. Which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of the of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the tree, of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, or you shall, or you shall touch it, lest you die, for. Then he went straight to what he wanted, he went after. That was a cunning way to get to what he wanted, to confuse the identity. So verse 4, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God. Right now, you are not like God. Okay? You're not like him. Mm. So if you do this, you'll be like God. They bought into it. They agreed that they were not like God. Confused their identity immediately. And in confusing their identity, they gave up the things that belonged to them as people created to be like God. They lost it. Because with that identity they have accepted, they are not qualified to be God's regent on earth. Because they say we're not like God. 
The Bible says your mouth will justify your condemnation. They lost everything. Because that was reserved for God's regent that is like him. Not for anybody less than that. Now, when the devil finished the job, did, you, did anybody hear any more that he spoke? Like lawyers, he said, I raised my case. Did you hear what they said? That you're, you're a liar. You didn't make them what you make them. You know it happens today. God says, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are saved. The devil said, no, it's as simple as that. I can't even. It can't be. No, no. And you add his own list. But God says, if you believe in Christ, I made you righteous. The devil said, yeah, no, no, no. I, I tell you how to make yourself righteous and acceptable to God. And we buy into that and lose. We lose. Everything attached to that is not going to work. Because God's word does not lie. It, once you change it, it ceases to be his word. We lose. So in Numbers chapter 13, 13, it was still the identity issue that ruined Israel, nothing else. And Caleb stole the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it. We are well able to overcome it. That's who we are. We overcome us. We are overcomers. We can do that. Verse 31. But the men that went up with him said, these were the same church members. They said they were in the same church. We be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report because it's not what God said that they are saying here. It's a spirit of evil put that in their mouth. It's not said here, but if it's evil report, it comes from the evil one. Evil report of the land which they had sat unto the children of Israel, saying, The land to which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And they, there we saw the giants, the sons of Anna, which came come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. They changed their identity. Game over. Grasshoppers don't win battle. Game over. And all of them that believe this thing died in the wilderness. All of them. Not one of them survived. And all the, all the day we needed to do was to make them believe a lie. That's it. They were done. I raised my case. You had them. I said they are grasshoppers. You didn't give that land to grasshoppers. You didn't make that promise to grasshoppers. God, you didn't make it to grasshoppers, did you? All of them died. The promise was not to grasshoppers. It was the covenant children of God. So Caleb said, we are the people of God. We can do that. God is with us. We are covenanted with him. And they were the only ones who got it, survived. So the devil didn't need to go around making any other noise. He got it settled. They are grasshoppers. The promise is not to grasshoppers. 
You can't claim the promise as a grasshopper. God created everything he created and gave it to his Adam. He said, I make them to be like us. Since they're like us, they can have authority that we have. And they say, no, we're not like you. God said, okay, you get out of here. <laughs> Game over. Knowing your identity makes you realize your strength, your ability, privileges, what belongs to you, your boundaries, and puts your challenge in the proper perspective to you so you can face them from a position of strength and not weakness, not as grasshopper. And enjoy the victory God gave you over them. We sing it. He has given us victory. If it's not true, why do we sing it anyway? He has given us victory. Why do we sing it if it's a lie? Your identity reveals to you that you can stand tall, be the alpha person God made you to be. Me, be, 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 be the regent that God made you to be. That's why I told that devil. I said, I'm a spirit too. You don't, you don't frighten me. Go and say that. And, and Jesus is here with me. He resonated with the spirit of God. And God said, that's right. And that gave God the opportunity to work with me. You can stand tall over the flesh. You don't fear sin. You don't chicken out. You know who you are. You know what you can do. You can do everything he said you can do. Don't let anybody frighten you with sin. Right? Sin, sin, coming, sin, coming, sin, 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 sin. Don't let that happen to you, my friend. What you fear will overcome you. Whatever you fear will rule you as long as you fear that. I don't care what that is. You stand all over the devil knowing you reign in Christ right here on earth. Because this is we try. Know that you are God's governor. You are God's governor right here. God's ambassador. You represent the kingdom of God in this situation. Everybody is waiting for you. The Bible said the creation is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. When you show up, the kingdom shows up. What you say is what the kingdom does. But you say you can disallow anything, allow it. If you disallow, we disallow. What a tremendous privilege and opportunity that God gave us to operate his kingdom. I say God put his power at our disposal in the name of Jesus to perform his will. Put his power at our disposal. 
Speak his word. He said, you speak it, I'll perform it. You show up, the kingdom shows up. And you take charge. You are the alpha guy right there. You take charge, man. The kingdom of God does not play second fiddle. You take charge. You tell the devil where, to belong, where he belongs. Kick him out and decree what will happen. But if you think you are grasshopper, grasshoppers don't have authority. The promises are not made for grasshopper. That's the end of the matter. You will lose. If you lack, don't eat for 40 days. As long as you have fear, you lose. Understand that you are a spirit. You have kingdom authority. Identity is key. If the devil compromises it, game over. We read it. And yet we don't even think of such things. We don't even understand when our identity is being challenged. We are people with kingdom authority. Ephesians 1.22. God has put all things under the authority of Christ. Or you say, yeah, pastor is Christ, but you are a member of the body of Christ. Look, if I stand here, every part of me stands in the same position, in the same authority, in everything. I can't have authority to move, and my, I, my hand will remain here, and the rest of the body is moving. No, no. So let's read it now. He said, God has put all things. Church is all things. It's not some things. All things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. For your benefit. Not for, his, for your benefit. So that you too, you too can exercise authority over all things in his name. For our benefit. For our benefit. Brethren, for our benefit. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. He fills us with his presence. We carry his presence. It's, it's, a, it, it's an dignifying privilege God gave us to be carriers of the presence, the full presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember one time when we were uh, doing this church work in Ajegule in Lagos, and then somebody came in and gave his life to Christ and wanted to surrender all the native things he was doing. He was into some things, and then he went home and brought them. I think he brought them or something. I don't know exactly what happened. Immediately, he came. People ran from their chairs. You are Christian. They ran. I said, what's, what's pursuing you with this chicken feet? Chicken feet? This chicken, this uh, rat, rat feet and the feather. That was what you mean. They ran. <laughs> I took it by that. I said, this thing, rabbit food with chicken, with chicken wing is pursuing you. <laughs> ah, God of mercy. He's pursuing you. A God that can walk 
God said, they say men are foolish. He said, they make things with their hand and worship it and say, yeah, our God. He said, these people are foolish. Say, a God that can walk, that the, the, a human being needs to give a right. You are running from this thing. The Bible says that there's, there's none that is God except what God. There's no other God anywhere. God said there's no other God anywhere except one God. All these things are not God. I don't have time for them. I don't have time for them. And these are the people running in whom the Almighty lives. Identity. Romans 5.17 For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it, we live in triumph over sin. Do we read things like this? Live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. If you have received the gift of righteousness, the Bible says you live in triumph over sin. Not, you, are not a, you are not a victim of, of sin. No. no. You, if you don't believe this, it won't work. All of them, all of them walk by faith. If you, if you are fearful of sin, every time sin, 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 oh, I want to commit sin. You will commit sin, my friend. You will live, oh my God. You will live in sin. You rise up and say, I live in triumph over the flesh. I live in triumph over sin. Flesh cannot control. It becomes your reality. Second Corinthians 5.20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Make the ambassador of USA, when he shows up in any government function, is given the respect the American government deserves. He's treated like the government is the, and the, the That country's law does not apply to him. He has what they call diplomatic immunity. He's not subject to the, to the law of your country. He's not. Because he represents another kingdom. Your police can't arrest him. You can't even get into their embassy. That embassy is, the, is their country. Nobody comes in there. Except the people they say come. That, their flag is flying all over the place. That's their, that's their country. The Bible says, you, you, I'm talking to you, you are the ambassador for Christ. Think about it. And they say, as though God, speech, God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead. We are acting on his behalf. We are acting on his behalf. Let me say something here. You know, when you say in Jesus' name, it's really Christ that's doing that. If it's the will of God, if it is the scripture, when you say in Jesus' name to affirm what he said, it is like him saying it and doing it. You know, Peter said to the dilemma, he said, Jesus Christ, make a who Took him by the hand. Said, Jesus, I did it. Because we speak in his place. We are his oracles. 
We are members of his body. Don't forget that. It's important. The enemy will challenge you there. May you rise up and say, I know who I am. I don't just sing in the church. I, I know who I am. When I sing it, I understand what I'm talking about. I'm walking in miracles. Do you understand that? I know who I am. I am who he said I am. You're, gonna, you're not going to make changes. He doesn't lie. You are the liar. You establish the presence, the manifest glory of the kingdom that you represent right there. And instead of you fleeing from them, they will flee from you. And who gets the glory? Jesus. And so this is what the enemy does in trying to attack our identity. First Samuel 17, 33, and Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth. You see? He's identifying David from a natural point of view, but a youth. And he's a man of war from his youth. People who walk by reason, people who are carnal, they always talk to you from carnal point of view, not from God's point of view. The Lord never told us anywhere to be strong in your strength. He said be strong in the Lord. And the power of his strength. Whether you are youth or not, it's really relevant. The power that works there is God, not, not your youth. Saul brought human reasoning. This man is taller than you. I want to challenge you. Watch out among so-called Pentecostal souls, many of them. They will discourage you from standing in faith for your healing. I'll tell you, listen, we know about this. Might need to be wise here. They will. Actually, think it's foolish to, 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 to believe the word of God. He will come to confuse your identity and tell you you can't. Oh boy, but the scripture says you can do all things. So how can they tell you you can't and you believe that? But David knew who he was. You couldn't confuse him. Man, we need Pentecostal Davids. He know who make their boast in the Lord their God. Who sing, and when they sing, heaven knows that that is a word coming from a heart that believes that, that has proved it. It's not a fair word, that thing. Has proved it. He has proved it while nobody's watching, while there's no church to stir him up. He stood up and said, no, 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 I know who I am. He has proved it. When they sing, it goes up to God, it accepts it. It's, it's, it's word of faith. It's real. It's true. It's genuine. He has proved it. His action supports what he's singing. In private, he's shown God, you are who you are. I am who you made me to. So David said in 1 Samuel 17, that for, David said unto Saul, thy servant kept peace. You know, Saul needed to hear some sermon. So David preached to him. Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion, and they bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him. You call me youth, I went after lion, sir. 
and smote him, delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by the bed and smote him and slew him. Ah, don't call me a youth, sir. I know who I am. Don't tell me you don't have people. You don't have money. You don't have this. Forget about all this. I am who he said I am. And I'll get to where he's leading me. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I fear? I can do all this. It's not me. It's him. And when he is in verse 36, this thy servant, he said, I'm your servant, Saul. You are the king, I'm your servant. I'm not being disrespectful. The servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine says, sir, you, 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 you need to understand who he is <laughs> and who I am. We are not the same. I'm leaving my brand. He's leaving his brand. My brand is the brand of authority. God bless Pastor Victor. He said, leave your brand. <laughs> that thing stuck with me. I'm telling you. I remember, leave your brand. Your brand is the life of Christ. Not the, brand, not the life of the world. Leave your brand. Don't talk like them. Don't, don't leave your brand. And then he said to him, these uncircumcised Philistines shall be as one of them. Seeing he had defied the armies of the living God. He says, sir, you are leading the army of God, and you don't know it. You are leading God's army. You are leading God's army, sir. And God is among his people by covenant. That they are running does not mean God is not there. God is there waiting for them to rise up and say, yeah, we are the armies of God. One small boy knew the identity. And when he was challenged, he fought it off. He fought it off. So these are means of the living God, sir. And I saw this God do this, this, this. 37. David said, moreover, the Lord, see, the Lord, ah, don't call me a youth. Don't tell me what I don't have or what I have. Don't tell me because you don't have this. this. No, don't tell me. Don't give me that story. Don't bring any disadvantage. The kingdom I represent, there's no impossibility. We don't talk of impossibilities there. All of us that believe, all things are possible. Don't tell me this opportunity has gone. No, no. If there's no way, he opens the way. If there's no way, it's not, a, it's not good enough to stop us. Because why there's no way, he opens the way. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, the Lord be with you. He knew this is an uncircumcised. Did, did you, do you ever look at the devil and know this is a defeated spirit? Have you ever looked at the devil and said, this, these are the defeated, all of them? So where did they get the courage to come and be talking to? 
Have you looked at the flesh and said, flesh, you are flesh? I reign over you. Did you read the Bible? Did you read the Bible? I reign over sin. Okay? You can't dominate me. We are born spirits. Born sons of God. I mean, I just feel like taking a break. I mean, I feel very excited. I'm not, don't forgive me. I feel really very excited. We're born sons of God. Somebody say, what manner of love is this that we shall be called sons of God? It doesn't make any impression on us. It means nothing. That's why the enemy will come, deceive you about it, and you give up. We are born sons of God. Born like our father. Like father, like child. Born spirit being. John 3, 5. Jesus answered, very, very like son to thee. Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's the one you were born when you went to the to, uh, 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 hospital. Why they got you. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That's what I was telling that devil. I said, you can't frighten me because you are a spirit. I said, I too am a spirit because I'm born of the spirit. And actually, I have a spirit of greater authority than you. I told that devil, I said, I'm born of the spirit. I'm spirit. Come, come here and be frightening me because you're a spirit. I'm too, I'm a spirit, okay? I'm born of the spirit. Born of the spirit of God. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Have you looked at yourself one day and said, Lord, you know I'm a spirit. Thank you. And don't, I don't identify myself with the bond of the flesh. I identify with the bond of the spirit. Because that is the one that is the son of God. That is like the father that has the nature of God. Created to be like God. Not my flesh. John 1.12. But as many as receive him, to then gave him the power to become the sons of God. Even them that believe on his name. That, you see, you just believe on his name. You receive Christ. That's all you need to do. That's all. I was preaching last Thursday. Do you know when your sin was forgiven? When the blood was poured out. When the blood was poured. Sins are forgiven. That's why the scripture said that God is in Christ. Not imputing sin. Not imputing. It's not crediting. It's not counting it. Because he's already forgiven. He says it's not true. Well, either you are the one that is God or God is God. But I know that the word of God is true. He said this blood is shed for the forgiveness of sins. So the moment it's shed, sins are forgiven. So you have to come and accept Jesus Christ and receive the forgiveness for it to work for you. If you don't, you end up in hell. So he says in faith, John, John 1, 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. 13, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of 
God. Born by the Spirit of God. You were given birth as a spirit. God does not give birth to flesh. Flesh was made from the earth. It didn't come from God. God made it from the earth. This one that he made is from him. It came out of him. That's why you have his nature. You have his life. You came out of him. Mystery. None of us can understand it all. You just believe it. Say, you are born of God. You don't know how. You don't understand the details. You don't reason salvation. You do not reason salvation. Salvation is not a mental exercise. It's not, it's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual birth. Spiritual birth. Spiritual birth. Only God knows the depth of it. I was saying it on Thursday. I said, you don't reason people into the things of God. The things of God are spiritual realities. You can't use your human reasoning to explain it. The Bible says, by wisdom, the world cannot know God. Can't we read the Bible? It's the Holy Spirit that reveals it to people he wants to reveal it to. And by faith, we simply accept it. That's the way it works. It comes by revelation of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says it is spiritually discerned. It's not mentally discerned. It's not reasonable. When the disciples were reasoning about what Jesus told them, you know, the, the Bible said, he called them and rebuked them. So why do you reason among yourselves? Why do you reason among yourselves? That's what they asked. He said, are you without understanding? You are reasoning what I told you. So we are born into a family of God with new family name. Ephesians 2, 19. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens of the saints and of the household of God. We have the household of God, 20, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself, being the chief cornerstone. Upon the foundation of Apostles and prophets, the word of God that they, they brought us. And Jesus is the chief cornerstone of that message. He, without him, the whole thing falls apart. And so God is your Abba Father. Romans 8.15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit is a bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus, with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together with him. He's saying, suffering will come, trials will come. Don't give up your faith because of it. 
So we are his sons. Abba Father is, means not just Father. It means my dear Father. He said we cry, we call him, not Father, Abba Father. My beloved, dearly loved Daddy. So we come to Father. We come to him with boldness. I don't see anybody, you know, you're going to your father and you're not going with boldness. I don't see anybody like that. I don't see anybody like that. I came to church and my grandchildren saw me, they ran to me, grandpa, grandpa, I carried them. Grandpa, the God, they're right. If they're right. I don't care what I'm doing in that office, they show up, I open the door. <laughs> the door is flinging open. A flinging open. Because I'm not just a father, a pastor, I'm a grandfather. And it's a sacred responsibility to love them and to show them that I love you. They come to me, prune. I was with people who didn't care, just kind of carrying them. My little girl, okay, just ran to grandpa, grandpa. I looked into her eyes and they made my day. <laughs> you know. The Bible says we do the same. Ephesians 3.12, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith in him. We go to grandpa, we go to daddy, Abba Father, with boldness, with confidence. We don't tiptoe there. Some people think that God talks to them, makes them special. You know, he doesn't make it special. God talks to all his children. My sheep hear my voice. Not a special thing. Who is the father who doesn't talk to his children? If you talk to your children, is it because they are special? It's because they are your children. Ephesians 1.5. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. He made us accepted we go boldly. Identity. And we share his divine nature. Because we are born of his spirit. We share his divine nature. If the Bible didn't say these things, it's, it's something that is it, mind-boggling. That we share his divine nature. This is the thing the devil doesn't want you to believe. He wants you to believe you are a natural being. I'm telling you. First, create, first Corinthians 6, 17. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And one spirit with him. Joined to him. That's the Bible. And by joining, becoming one with him, I share his nature. I share his divine nature. Jesus doesn't have natural nature. He's spirit. He's spirit right now. When he was here, he came in the, in, in the flesh. But when he died and rose... He wasn't anymore in the flesh. He went to heaven. You don't go to heaven in the flesh. That's why it can be in me, be in you. Be. It's only God that can do that. We share the nature he has now is what we have. Ephesians 5 30. And we are members of his body. Second Peter 1 4. And because of his glory, and excellency, he has given us great and precious promises. 
these are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and they escape the worst corruption caused by human desire. When you acquire his divine nature, you have escaped from this sinful nature that is of the world. You have a new nature. The old is gone. You have escaped from the lure of the flesh. The new nature you have does not respond to the lure of the flesh. You say, Pastor, ah, how can it work? Well, you believe in seed work. The only route to see this reality is faith. If you don't know this thing, it's not working for you. That's why I talk about sin all the time. When it's working for you, you won't remember sin. Is it not the market you know, you know when they go? The market you don't go to, you don't know when they open. You don't know when they open. Sin, 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 because it's your problem. When you know these things and you live in the reality of it, you, 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 sometimes you wonder whether you still have a body. I'm not kidding. <laughs> you wonder, what does it mean? Those trials will come, but they just fall off. Because you have no interest. It doesn't pull you. They will come. Not that they don't come. They do come. But your new nature is dominant. The nature of God. Because what, that's what you believe. That's what you think. That's why you focus. What is out of sight, we become out of mind. It's just that simple. It's simply by faith. So this promise that God gave us, through which we have this divine nature, is found in Scripture. Titus 1-2, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. God promised us the life that is in Christ Jesus. That's what Peter is saying, that these precious promises make us partakers of this divine nature. By receiving this life that Christ gave us, we become partakers of his divine nature. And then we frustrate the desires of the flesh. That's why the Bible said that what the law could not do, God did by sending his son in the likeness of men to die for us, number one, and also to live in us and give us his nature that can overcome our flesh. He said, by the power of the spirit, you kill. To kill is he put it to death. He didn't say makeover. He said, it dies. It dies. You kill it. It's the power of the Spirit. The power of Christ in you. The new life. He says the life of the power of the endless life. It has power. It has ability. The Christian must understand who he is. And start living by faith. Stop all the struggles. And start talking like children of God. So everything... Everything we do today, how you respond to all your Goliaths in your life is exactly based on how you see yourself. Nothing else. You're either like Saul or like David in your responses to life issues. You either respond like David, knowing who you are. Paul said, I know in whom I believe. Or you respond like Saul, thinking you are natural, thinking 
about what happens in the natural, the limitations of the natural, thinking we are not able, the way we see ourselves. That's exactly how you respond to everything. Exactly. And in living a carnal life or a spiritual life is also dependent on how you identify yourself. If you identify yourself from the natural, that's what the devil wants. I want you to listen to me. He will lock you into natural mindset. You will not experience the benefits of the spiritual life. He will lock you into that. Where things are limited. Where the flesh reigns. And you'll be manifesting all these works of the flesh. I'm wondering, 18 years after salvation, I'm still, anger is still an issue. This is still an issue. There's no spiritual growth. Except you learn more how to say hallelujah and praise the Lord. But there's no spiritual growth. And people who come around you just don't see any spiritual thing. All they see is your carnal nature. Because the devil has locked you into that mindset of seeing yourself from carnal point of view. If anybody says you can believe God for this, Say, my friend, be wise. Come back to our comfort zone. Forget about these spiritual things. Spiritual things become foolish to you. Because the devil has locked you into the mindset of the world that he's God over. As a man thinks, so he will be. But if you know the truth... And unlock it, the Spirit of God will transform you from that focus on natural things to the spiritual reality of who you are, born of the Spirit, with all the privileges and all the nature you have, and you focus on it, and you lock in on it, you find your life being like that. This one, these natural, th- 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 natural things, they will recede in your thinking, in your mind, until you forget them. It's called spiritual growth. You don't see things from that point of view anymore. It's a long time. Long time you, you got mad. You don't even know what getting mad looks like. It's a long time. Real long time. People always see you full of joy. Full of joy. Everything, everything they do, you just laugh, laugh at it. Sometimes you know your flesh will come, and you know you're not used to it. It's because it's an unusual thing to you. <laughs> it's so unusual. You are like somebody wearing weight socks. It's unusual, this thing. You put it off. Try to tell the truth. You know the truth sets you free from that lockdown. Proverbs 4.23. Above all, be careful what you think because your thoughts control your life. If you think natural, it controls everything you say. Anger, dispute, this works of the flesh, all these categories, gossiping. You can't stop because you locked your mind. You see yourself exactly from your natural identity, natural point of view. Pretty, any slightest thing, you, 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 because you don't see, you see, you see impossibilities. In the natural, it's a realm of impossibilities. It's not the realm of miracles. It's the realm the rest of the world lives in.
this translation says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. You think carnal, it shapes your life, it becomes a carnal life. You think spiritual, it shapes your life, it becomes a spiritual life. Where miracles happen. The glory of God, oh Jesus, the glory of God that the Bible said Christ in us is the hope of that glory. The glory of God is the manifestation of God. The character of God. The power of God. The glory of God is his manifestation. His, you know, the fruit of the spirit. His nature. The Bible said that creation reveals the glory of God. The work that God does. The Christian should display the glory of God. When you walk in the fruit of the spirit, you are displaying the glory, the character of God. And the fruit of the spirit is more glorious than the works of the flesh. There's no comparison. But if you have carnal mind, you will think it's foolish. Matthew 19, 929. Then touch he their eyes and saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. So whatever you see is what you believe. What you believe is what you see, is what you keep. What you believe about yourself is what you think about yourself. If you think about yourself that you are a spirit person, born again, born of the spirit, and that you're a son of God, child of God, and you have the spirit of God, you are like God, and see it shall not dominion over you. If you think about these things, that's how your life will turn out. For it shall be to you according to what you believe about yourself. But if you think you're a grasshopper, you're like everybody else. After all, we are human beings. That's what you produce, human beings. But you are born of God, born in spirit. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so he see. I think it's not rocket science. So if you want to reshape your life, it depends entirely on your ability to reshape the way you identify yourself, what you see. The side in which you agree works for you. If you agree with the word of God, it works for you. If you disagree and think natural, where you're comfortable, you follow. But you follow the flesh, you shall surely die. Who destroy you? That is the way that seems right in the eyes of me. The world, the flesh, and human thinking. It seems right. You know, you are comfortable. But the Bible says the end of it is destruction. But he says, the word of the Spirit leads you to life. He brings the manifestation of this new life that Christ died to give us. The life of glory, life of authority, life of power. And you see things way ahead of the devil. You always a step. I'm telling people what I know. You are always a step ahead of the ahead of the devil, and a step ahead of the world. They can't stand the wisdom with which you talk. They can't, because Jesus said, "I give you wisdom." They can't stand. At your job, if you open your mouth, it's something else. In in your family, when you talk, it's something else, because you are speaking out of your spirit. It's a long time you forgot all these arguments, all this fighting. You don't even remember them. <laughs> you don't, honestly, you don't even remember it. Because you, the, your flesh is under your control. You are reigning over it. And it has become your lifestyle. Not a struggle.
Matthew 16, 23. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. We are dangerous trapped. So the devil says that's trap to get you to say things from natural point of view. So he'll trap you into the natural world. You know, he said, you're a dangerous trap to me. You see things merely from human point of view, not from God. He says, it's a trap. The devil sits all the time. First John 4, 5. Those people belong to this world. So they speak from the world's point of view. But the world listens to them because it makes sense. Say, I would like your type of Christian. <laughs> You're wise, Jerry. But we belong to God. And those who know God listen to us. If they belong to God, they will do, they, if they belong to God, they do not listen. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. That is how you know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. That's how you know the devil has locked this person into thinking like the world. He says, spirit of deception. My time is up. Maybe our thoughts they will continue. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you again for the privilege we have to hear your word about identity. That the devil is after that. He's investing everything in it. Because if he confuses our identity, we give up what belongs to us. We give up everything. And go for what is not our own. We go for what is not our portion. I'll be comfortable. Thank you because you are the God that gives revelation. Because you want us to know these things. I know that you open our eyes to hear them, to understand them. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray.